welcome to the Toddcast. Uh, today, um, I am going to continue um, answering the listener inquiry as to tales of my youth. Um, the last one uh, focused largely on me as a child, um, meaning a person that up until I was, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade-ish, uh, which definitely to me constitutes childhood. Uh, but given that the person who asked me to speak of my youth, um, is a teenage person, um, it's possible that they were looking for something, uh, a little more about the teen years of Todd. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, ramble on a little bit about that on my ride home from um, for whatever it's worth, I'm recording this on Thursday, the 10th of January, in glorious 2019. Um, so, I believe, like I said, when last I, I spoke on this topic, I was a uh, super youngster. Um, generally, the time when I was living out in the woods. Um, so, we're going to pick this story up um, pretty much in my 7th grade year which is when we basically moved to the big city um, <laughs> for various definitions of big. Um, my hometown of Martins Ferry, Ohio, is, is not uh, exactly a sprawling metropolis, uh, but compared to living out in the, in the, the country as I was, uh, to me, it was, it was, you know, the big city. Um, and there's a, definitely a shift in in you know, what your options are and what you can do, uh, you know, when you live downtown as opposed to out in the woods. Uh, there's only so much you can do. Plus, also, there's a considerable difference in what you can get away with, you know, based on my ages at the time. Uh, when I lived out in the woods, uh, you know, I was a, a small boy, uh, not really able to do too much independently as far as, you know, leaving the house and going to go do stuff. I could go to friends' houses. I was, you know, allowed to ride my bike around and such. Um, but by the time we moved into town, um, you know, I was old enough to, you know, kind of operate independently, you know, go downtown, go various places, um, do things on my own more so than when I was a child. Um, and clearly there were more things to do, more opportunities, um, of, of things to go about and do activities, locations and so forth. Um, so that seems like a good place to pick things up. Um, as far as what, uh, you know, adolescence was like, uh, for young, young Todd, um, seventh grade, uh, was, was, was pretty straightforward. You know, I, I went to school, um, the situation was such that, uh, my dad would drive me to school, um, cause it was in town, um, and it was close enough to where hopping on a bus didn't make much sense, but it was still a pretty long walk, um, so in the mornings he would drop me off at school. Uh, I can't remember if it was on his way to work or if he made special trips just, just to take me to school. Um, but after school was done, I would walk home. Um, so, you know, go to school, do the school thing. Really not a whole lot to talk about there. Um, I did, I did pretty well in school. Um, the, the stuff I talked about in the last one where, you know, I did well in school despite, uh, trying to put in the 
minimum effort possible and not wanting to do homework and book reports and such. Uh, still applied, uh, and will apply for the remainder of my telling, uh, up until I, you know, leave high school. Um, but there's really not much to say about, you know, middle school, high school times. Uh, you know, I did fine in school itself, um, you know, academically, um, socially, um, and in terms of, you know, acceptance of my peers and so forth. Um, I think labeling myself as an outcast is probably making it seem far more severe than it was. Uh, but, uh, let's be honest, I was a scrawny kind of nerdy kid who was largely sort of a spaz, um, who was not particularly popular, um, came from a family that did not have a whole lot of, you know, money or influence. Um, I was not, uh, very, uh, physical in the sense that I, you know, I didn't participate, uh, in sports, which tends to, you know, knock you up a peg or two in this, the social standings of, uh, young people in middle school, high school, what have you. Um, I kind of existed on the fringes. Um, I imagine, <laughs> I imagine if you went to a high school reunion, uh, nowadays, um, and walked up to random person, uh, in my graduating class and said, Todd Hersey, thoughts, uh, a lot of them would probably struggle to even remember who the heck I was, um, which is fine by me, um, frankly, when I was in school, I really wasn't that concerned about being super popular or everybody's friend, uh, you know, I had my circle of friends and we got along really well and had each other's back and, you know, had good times and for the most part, the rest of the folks, I just, you know, I didn't care. Like they led their lives. I led my life, you know, as long as they weren't picking on me, I didn't really care. Um, as far as the, you know, the social structure of that period of my life, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I had my fair share of bullies, uh, who tormented me, um, through that period of my life. Um, particularly the seventh grade year was a little tricky, uh, because there was, you know, inherently a fairly lengthy walk home from the school to my house. Um, as was the case for a lot of students who lived in town, some of which, you know, were bullies for no good reason. Uh, the two gentlemen in question, um, whose names I can't recall. That's, that's the level of impact they had on me long term. Uh, but I can't remember doing anything particularly to offend them. It was just one of those, you know, pecking order. I was the, you know, scrawny new kid and they wanted to establish some sort of, you know, dominance. Uh, I almost said alpha male dominance, but they weren't even the alphas. It's, like I said, it's kind of the, the food chain of, you know, they were slightly, you know, more, more powerful than me and therefore needed to pick on me to, you know, maintain that level of, I don't know, cred. I don't know how that works. I never was a bully or picked on anyone. So I don't know how that, you know, power brokering works. Um, 
But there were a couple fellas that there were some certain occasions where I had to kind of sneak out the back door of the school and take an alternate route home so I wouldn't have to worry about being chased uh, and, and, you know, picked on and, and fought. Um, but again, I survived. Um, I didn't receive any, you know, major beatings beyond, you know, a punch in the arm and being called names and whatnot. So, you know, it all worked out fine. Um, at the time I had, uh, you know, uh, a couple of, a couple of friends, uh, you know, a couple of close friends. Um, me and, uh, Jeff B, we'll call him, uh, to differentiate him from, uh, Jeff R, who will come into the story come high school time, uh, hung out a lot, um, we just met early on and got along well, uh, at the time that we initially sort of got together, uh, we both had, uh, sort of stuff in common in this, in the sense that he was a, uh, a devoted Christian, uh, as was I at the time. Um, so we had that sort of thing in common to, to hang out about and talk about and whatnot. Um, There were a couple of other friends that we hung out with every now and again, uh, but I would say I would say Jeff was probably my best friend at the time. Um, in terms of what I did as a as a seventh grader, it largely amounted to uh, hanging out with Jeff, um, riding our bikes around, um, just generally wasting time and not doing anything in particular. Uh, like I said, we'd ride our bikes around. Um, the local, I can't remember if it was the American Legion or the VFW or what it is, uh, but there in Ferry, whatever group that was, their facility uh, included a bowling alley. Um, and it wasn't that we went bowling a lot, it's that the bowling alley had a little back room that had some arcade consoles back there. Um, and I remember many a quarter being spent playing Xenophobe and Sh Shinobi. Uh, we do that a lot. Um, Jeff and I, that's probably where I started, um, my unfortunate habit of setting random things on fire. Uh, <laughs> we used to have a good amount of fun seeing what was flammable and what wasn't, um, and, and having fun with that. Um, Jeff had, um, one of those, uh, old, um, he had, his parents supplied him with a lot of, um, scientifically geeky stuff to do. Uh, he had one of those electronic kits where everything is on a board and there are little springs that you attach wires to, to connect all the pieces together. Uh, a little book of here's, here's how to take this and turn this into a crystal radio. Here's how to, you know, make it light up a thing. And we had lots of fun with that. Uh, he also had uh, like a chemistry set, the junior chemistry set with a bunch of stuff. Um, and so many a time we set off to figure out what things we could combine to, you know, set things on fire, make explosions, etc. Um, which escalated into, let's see what household items are flammable. Um, I don't think I could tell you how many balloons we filled up with hairspray or cooking oil or hair mousse or shaving cream 
so that we could, you know, attach it to the end of a long pole, uh, and try to set it on fire to see if it would, you know, explode or melt or just fizzle out or whatever. Um, like I said, it wasn't arson per se. We weren't burning things down or trying to destroy stuff. We just like setting stuff on fire. Um, and you know, in so much as a couple of, you know, preteen boys can play with fire in a safe fashion, we did. Um, you know, and just kind of hung out. Um, when I got to the eighth grade, um, the way that the, the school system worked was there were a, several different uh, sort of K through seven schools. There were, there were three different ones. There was Elm, which is where I went. Uh, there was North School, and then there was Steeple Valley. Um, and after you finished seventh grade, all of the eighth graders went to a school for eighth grade. That was the middle, you know, that was sort of the junior high. Um, which uh, I found out that that building is now apparently a gun range, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I know in a podcast previously when I was talking about, you know, how all my houses have burned down and half my schools are gone. Uh, Elm Elementary is one of the ones that's gone. It's the one that's now a, a weird house on top of a hill. Uh, and South School, which was my junior high, apparently has been repurposed as a inside interior gun range for whatever that's worth to you. Um, but because there were a whole influx of new people, uh, I made some more friends, some new friends. I also picked up a couple of other, you know, jock assholes who thought it would be great to, uh, you know, pick on me as the, the scrawny kid. Um, but we'll, we'll leave that alone for now. Um, amongst those folk, uh, would be, uh, the person who would pretty much become my best friend through all of high school, and that would be Mike. Um, we, he had also was the guy who lived right around the corner from me. Um, and so we hung out a lot. Um, that started off largely by just, you know, general hanging out, you know, teen boy hanging out, talking about whatever. Um, he also had a, a Commodore 64. Uh, which we did tons of video gaming on. Um, refer to episode, I believe, 36 uh, to hear me go on and on about, you know, video games in my youth, uh, if you need to. Um, but we played a lot of, played a lot on his, on his computer. We'd get together and play games and or write programs because uh, I was that kind of, uh, you know, dork growing up. Um, and then eventually in the eighth grade, um, Mike made a trade with one of our other students, exchanging a Transformers toy for the main rulebook for the Star Wars role-playing game. Um, and thus legends were born, uh, because we started playing the Star Wars RPG, um, on a constant basis, um, and so that became a thing that we pretty much consumed almost all of my time. Uh, once we started that eighth grade, uh, things starting to go into, you know, the summer up to and into my freshman year in high school. Um, at around that time, um, we switched from Star Wars, uh, to Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, again, if you want to hear more about Dungeons and Dragons, I believe it's episode seven that you can refer to. 
you're all about that. Um, wherein the uh, the character Jonathan Darkstorm the Third was born. See episode eight. Uh, and I will now try and stop cross-referencing at you. Um, played a lot of D and D. Um, a lot of D and D. Um, I can't stress enough how much D and D. Uh, it was like every day, every weekend, every time, you know, we managed to finagle for a sleepover, D&D was being played. Uh, we also played some video games and, you know, played around the computer, uh, but mostly it was D&D. Um, in high school, met up with some other folks, um, Jeff R., as mentioned earlier, uh, being one of them, and kind of expanded the friend circle slash game group, um, Played a lot of role-playing games, played a lot on the computer. Um, when we all got to the age to where, you know, some of us had cars, uh, we would then, you know, go to hang out at the mall, <laughs> as one does in the valley back in the day. Um, or just go cruising around, wasting time. Um, not a whole lot of excitement to tell. Uh, not a whole lot of specific, memorable things from that like I said, it all kind of blurs together just due to uh, how long ago it was and how old and crappy my memory is now. And also, a lot of it falls under the heading of just generic teenage nonsense. Um, you know, these specific exciting stories I will share individually, uh, you know, as they occur to me and as I, you know, get to record them. But for the most part, uh, Teen Todd did a lot of hanging out, uh, doing generic teen boy stuff, uh, cruising around in the car with the fellas, playing Dungeons and Dragons, tooling around on video games and, uh, and or computer games. Um, and that's kind of it. Um, in the later years, uh, my summer before my senior year, I believe, might have been junior year, uh, I got a job at the library, um, which was good stuff. Uh, they liked me there because I spent a lot of time at the library during my, my teen years prior to my working there. Uh, and then I got a job there. Um, um, I met Marianne, who would uh, eventually uh, become the mother of my uh, first child and first wife and subsequent first ex-wife. All kinds of stories there that perhaps we, we can get to later. Um, uh, not real sure what else to get into that wouldn't end up sprawling into its own episode. Uh, and or topics that I'm not sure that I should necessarily be recording and broadcasting to the world. Uh, and we'll just kind of leave it vague like that for now. Um, all in all, looking back on it... I'd say my teen years were pretty good to me. Um, living it at the time, um, it certainly left some to be desired. Uh, like I said, I had my share of, uh, you know, bullies and social pressures and um, awkwardness. Like I said, I didn't get my first girlfriend until, I like, the summer before my senior year. Um, so, um, if you're a young person, think about what that's like. Um, did not get a car until well after I graduated and was out of the Navy, as previously mentioned uh, in other uh, podcasts. 
Um, but largely, you know, the teen experience was fine. Uh, school was okay. I had some good friends. I had some, you know, enemies seemed strong. But, you know, enough to keep things interesting. Uh, I would say the biggest challenge I had in my teen years was probably uh, more domestic than not. Um, I did not get along well with my mom for numerous reasons. Um, most of them probably go back to uh, religious items in nature. Uh, chiefly, she was very religious, I was definitely not. Um, and with those kind of fundamental uh, differences in outlook uh, and disagreements on how things go, uh, it makes for a rough go. Um, when you are a teen person who has uh, decided that you no longer uh, believe in the, you know, Christian tales that you were brought up with, um, it makes it very hard to live in a house where you are expected to go to not just Sunday morning service, but also Sunday evening service and Wednesday evening youth group. And, uh, when most of the things that you enjoy, um, you're being told are tools of the devil. Uh, again, one of my most, uh, most favorite pastimes was Dungeons and Dragons, which was expressly forbidden to me. Um, I was not allowed to listen to rock music, as that was the devil's music. Um, which made life tricky. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I spent a good chunk of my teen years uh, lying, um, sneaking around to be able to do the things I wanted to do that most other people were just allowed to do because they were normal teen things. I'm not proud of all of the, you know, dishonesty and sneaking around that happened, uh, but I'm also, you know, as an adult, I hold myself to a pretty high standard uh, in regards to honesty, and it would be dishonest of me to not call out the sneaking around and the lying that happened during that point in my life. Um, and again, I don't, my intent is not to try and justify that dishonesty, um, by saying, well, I couldn't have done anything if I didn't do what I did. Um, cause everyone has choices to make. Um, and I made my choices and, uh, I don't know that I necessarily regret them per se, but they were not the best choices, and as an adult, I now understand that. Um, but it made home life rough growing up. Um, like I said, couldn't listen to the music I wanted to, couldn't read the books I wanted to, couldn't take part in a lot of the pastimes that I wanted to. Uh, it, it, it made life rough. Um, there was a lot of grounding that took place. Uh, in the early years, before I, you know... I would get grounded for, you know, losing track of time and showing up late. You know, I'd come home five minutes late and be grounded for two weeks, uh, which was a drag. Uh, and seemed a bit extreme, and even as an adult, I think that's a bit extreme. But um, later in life, you know, like I said, I got caught with, you know, uh, 
Led Zeppelin cassette and got my radio taken away and grounded for, you know, a week. Uh, when mom found out I was playing Dungeons and Dragons, I got grounded for like months solid and banned from hanging out from, you know, some of my best friends. Uh, you know, when that happened, uh, I basically had to, I had no choice but to call out who I was playing with. Uh, and I knew that by calling those people out, I would not be able to hang out with them. So, you know, at the age of, uh, I don't know, like 14, I had to basically decide what friends I wanted to be able to hang out with, uh, and what friends I would have to sneak around to be friends with, um, which is not an enviable situation, uh, for a teen person. Um, I would like to say, um, and clarify that, uh, you know, now as an adult, now that I'm, you know, no longer, uh, you know, living with my mom, she and I get along just fine. Uh, you know, we, we talk, we visit on the, the holidays, we, you know, hug and kiss each other when we see each other, um, you know, those, those fences have been mended, and we, we all, you know, survived my teenage years, um, and are, you know, doing well nowadays, um, but at the time, oh, it was, it was rough, um, and I realize as I'm saying all this, I'm, I'm sort of inadvertently painting my mom as the, the bad guy in these stories. Um, and full disclosure, you know, my father was alive at, at the time. Um, and, you know, to his credit, he had mom's back. Um, you know, I... Coming from my perspective, I disagreed with her views particularly in regards to the books I wanted to read, Dungeons and Dragons, rock music, etc. Uh, and so therefore, by dad backing her up, I also disagreed with him on these things. Um, but to, like I said, to his credit, he, he, he backed her up on all of that. Um, and if my portrayal makes it sound like my mom was the sole source and, and bad guy on all of this, it's not necessarily that that was the case, but it's that, you know, dad was at work and mom was the person who was there enforcing all of this and giving me grief about the D&D or the music or what have you. Um, it's not that, you know, dad was some sort of saint on my side in this battle. It's just mom was present and normally the, the vocal opponent to the items. Um... But like I said, all that's water under the bridge at this point. Um, you know, there are points where, you know, nowadays as an adult, we can kind of look back and laugh at it. Um, you know, since that time, I've sat down with my mom um, and kind of explained to her, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons thing you had, you know, all kinds of hissy fits about. Now that we're all adults, can I please explain to you that it was nothing but a bunch of guys sitting around a table telling stories, rolling dice. Um, and even kind of ran her through a quick impromptu, this is what playing D&D is like, uh, session, like, in my sister's basement, we were talking about it, and I, you know, you're in a room, and there's passages to the left, and I, like, walked her through a whole thing, and she's like, oh, that's what that was, I'm like, yeah, you kind of were having fits for nothing, you know, she kind of acknowledged that, um, 
I think I may have touched on this when I was talking about uh, movies. Uh, it, it never ceases to crack me up that growing up and being a teen, I was not allowed to see R-rated movies or any kind of horror movies because of, you know, the sex and violence and the, oh, this is, you know, unholy and whatever. And now mom's favorite movies are is the Saw series of horror films. Uh, so clearly things have changed and we, we get along well. Um, but if I'm going to tell the story of, you know, Teen Todd, it would not be complete without me, you know, sort of outlining um, what was probably the biggest thorn in my side at the time. And that was, you know, sort of the relationship uh, that I had with my parents and the restrictions they put on me how that, how that played into everything. Um, but like I said, it's all good now. Um, if I had to do it all over again and somebody said, Hey, we're going to, you know, wave this magic wand and make you, you know, a teenager, uh, in 1988 again, um, would I do things differently? Probably. Um, I probably would have, you know, put in more effort in school. Um, just because you can pass and get, you know, a diploma with A, Bs, and Cs doesn't mean you shouldn't try and, you know, take advantage of that education as best you can. Um, try and, you know, get better grades so that you can get scholarships, you know. Frankly, if nothing else, just so I could have built better study habits. Uh, you know, when I went to school, because I refused to do homework or study the whole time I was in high school, uh, I was ill-prepared uh, for the college experience. Um, wish I could have done that a little, a little differently, a little better. Um, I wish I would have had a better chance to talk to my parents about our differences uh, and tried to have, you know, reasonable conversations uh, when we had disagreements or, you know, differences of opinion to try and work something out rather than, you know, they say a thing, I, you know, throw a, a teen tantrum about it and then just immediately start, you know, doing my own thing behind their back. I think it would have been a lot better if we could have, you know, worked together to meet some compromises and, you know, had that go a little better. Um, I don't think I would have done much differently socially. Like, yeah, I didn't get a girlfriend until I was, you know, a senior in high school, but I don't know that I would have, A, been able to have gotten a girlfriend any sooner, uh, or B, wanted to put in the effort that was required there. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing out for not having uh, had a whole bunch of, you know, middle school girlfriend hijinks. Um, I was fine with waiting for that. Uh, I don't think I would have done anything special to try and make myself more popular or have joined sports or have done any of that. Like, it was an odd path that I took, um, in high school and I may have been something of an outcast and people might not remember me now, but I don't know how much I care. <laughs> uh, they're leaving, they're leading their lives. I'm leading mine. I don't know that any of us are that much poorer for not having each other in our lives, uh, you know, now or back then. Um, but, you know, all in all, in retrospect, the, the teen years weren't bad. Um, so, you know, if you are a teen person listening to this, uh, I, I absolutely understand that, you know, you 
may very well feel that, you know, life is evil right now because that's how it tends to go when you're a teenager. Um, but, you know, it'll get better, I, I assure you. And I know everyone says that. Um, but, you know, chin up, head down, try and stay focused, and you'll, you'll survive, and it'll all be good. Um, I just pulled into my parking spot, so I'm going to call it good. Uh, thank you all for listening. I hope it was uh, enjoyable. Uh, and until next time, uh, thanks, and I hope you have a good one. And that's it.